Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Today I have the privilege of hosting Alan Block. He's the Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder of K-Health. Along with this role, Alan is a board member and former co-CEO of Wix and has served as the CEO of Vroom.com and My Supermarket. Alan was a partner at JVP and spent time as a consultant at McKinsey & Company. He received his Master's of Business Administration from Columbia Business School and is based out of New York City. He has a lot of fun with technology and taking a look at uh, different areas where, let's just say, could use innovation to make things fundamentally better. He doesn't believe in iterative innovation. He believes that uh, you got you to do things right from the beginning. And so that's what started his journey with K-Health. And today we're going to be diving into K-Health and Alan's thoughts on, on healthcare and uh, just having fun on today's podcast. So, so with that, uh, I want to open up the microphone to you, Alan, and uh, welcome you. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Saul. Thanks for having me. It's a true privilege, my friend. So love the, the work that you've done, Alan. But uh, before we, we move into the meat and bones of the, of the podcast today, I'd love if you could just give the listeners a bit more on you that, you may have, that I may have left out of your intro to share. Well, I'm originally from Israel. I came here about 20 years ago, and I work a lot with Israeli technology as well as U.S. technology. And I I look at what we do very globally. So we're not building great new products just for the U.S. We're building stuff globally. So, you know, that'll be aside from that, I think you covered it all or a lot of it. Love it. Yeah, no, I think that's an important point. We could get pretty myopic as far as what's happening in the U.S. and and miss the broader picture. So uh, why did you decide to get into healthcare? I mean, you've not been in healthcare for long. What is it that made you interested in this space? I think I've always had a fascination around health and healthcare. If you live life long enough and you interact with, with doctors around big or small issues, uh, you realize that doctors are humans as well, and they also sometimes make mistakes. And we started K around the idea of providing people with information that's super relevant to their health and allows them to understand three basic questions that people have. What do I have? What else it could be? And what are all the different ways to treat it? Now, if you think about that question, whether it's big or small, acute or chronic, those are, that's a question that seven and a half billion people ask when they're not feeling well. But health is this, this weird thing. You know, we're constantly feeling how we, you know, how we are. And hopefully, we, most of the time, we're feeling well. But if we, you know, and you don't really think about your health from one minute to the next, but if there is a health concern, a pain, a concern, uh, something's bothering you, something in the back of your mind, some curiosity becomes very important very quickly. So it's, it's a weird slice of life that we have. And... I just fundamentally uh, thought that we need to create a different way to enable people to consume their health information and act on it. And it probably needs to be built in a really, really different way than the current 
healthcare system is built, whether in America, Europe, or other countries. So that's kind of as an overview. I was intrigued by the possibilities of if you actually use data and technology in a robust way from the ground up, what you could do, how should healthcare and health look? And uh, why K? You, why the company or why the name? Yeah, or, or yeah, like why the letter K? K, like why um, did you decide that as the name? So I'm a geography buff. And, oh, you are? Okay. Yeah, and I was looking for a name of a company, which is really might be the toughest thing ever. It's easier to start a company than trying to figure out a name. <laughs> so many great names right name, right? yeah. are, are taken and I'm not even talking about URLs. But I was looking up various geographical sounding names to see if there's a name that I connect to in terms of sound and meaning. Hmm. And I stumbled upon a Wikipedia post about definitions of mountain peaks. And apparently there's a whole debate. I'm not a mountaineer, but there's a whole debate. What is the definition of a mountain peak? And then what are the tallest mountain peaks that have not been ascended? And the top ones are in Bhutan in, in Asia, where in a couple of the peaks, the gods live and humans cannot scale. But there's a mountain in Nepal called Kang Labush, K-A-N-G. Mm-hmm. And Kang is the highest mountain peak in the Himalayas that has not been as, ascended by human, at least at, at, as of summer 2016, where we're looking to create the company. So I felt like given the fact that we want to try and teach a machine the language of medicine and help people understand their information and acting on it, such a big project, I want to be able to scale a mountain that nobody's scaled. So we call mm-hmm. the company Kang, and people just assume we're Chinese or Korean-related Interesting, company. because uh, of the name, yeah. But then my marketing team came and said, actually, if you shorten it to K, it's pronounced K-A-Y, and K is, it's this intelligent health assistant companion that can help you. Hmm. And K is also the silent K knowledge. So uh, that kind of got me. And since then, we oh, okay. we called the company K Health. So it's a long story for, for a name, but um, I like it though. A few months after that, we changed the number from, from Kang to K and um, um, there we are. But I love the name. I think uh, it's, it, people are not concerned about how to spell it. It's a sing- single letter. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. And, and, uh, and a really cool story. So I'm glad we went there and I'm, I'm glad to learn about the mountain and evolution to, to change it the way it is today. I, I think it's very meaningful. And I think there's a lot in a name, you know, I mean, whatever you name a, a child or company, it definitely ties to its identity. So uh, appreciate you to uh, walking us through that. As you have uh, taken a deep dive into the consumer experience, Alan, what would you say is, is a topic that needs to be on, on health leaders' agendas today? So look, I learned healthcare and how medicine approaches healthcare from mostly from people I've worked with in the last three years. I did not have a background in, in healthcare and I'm not a physician. I was surprised how far medicine and healthcare is from where it should be in 2019, 2020. And it's built for a different era. It's built for an era where getting health data was much tougher. Mm-hmm. People didn't have cell phones and, and wearable devices. You went to a doctor's office a few hours, a few days, a few weeks after not feeling well or after having a concern. It, it's built for, for 
is not built for a continuous interaction around your health because it's too costly, too expensive, and too brick and mortary to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think it should be built completely differently. Health is fundamentally a lot of really interesting, complex information, and medicine is, is a very complicated profession. There is a reason why we don't do two courses in university and know enough about medicine to prescribe and, and, and diagnose and, and treat our family members. Nobody says that. There's a reason there is, there is a decade of, of studies and an apprenticeship in, in this. And it's a highly, medicine is a highly academic profession, but also highly practical. So I have a lot of admiration and respect for doctors. They need to be able to make decisions in quick seconds. They need to be able to make decisions under pressure. They need to have a vast general education about medicine but yet they're lacking the infrastructure to enable them and their and, and users to, to work in a, in a very different way that, that we can do, that we do in all other areas. In all other areas where it's you know, finance and banking or real estate or travel, you have access to information completely you know, different way. In medicine, because it's more complicated and because there's doctors involved and there's regulation, for some reason, nobody started... At, at your cell phone or wearable, and nobody started with, with the consumer. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we're on a mission to change. Love it. So you want this to be a 20-year project. I mean, you know, in 10 years, where are we? If, you're, if you guys have had success, what does it look like? A billion people using K globally, K learning from all these conversations, and it leads down to a personalized medical protocol for every one of us not only for highly specialized health journeys, such as oncology and other areas, but for day-to-day stuff, uh, for primary care, for uh, prevention, for managing of uh, chronic conditions, for everything that matters. Um, I think, look, there's whole worlds of, if you think about evidence-based medicine, it's predominantly, when, when somebody goes to a doctor, either at a primary care setting or at an ER, they're having a conversation with a physician typically around the symptoms that they're experiencing right now, let's assume they're acute symptoms, around their medical history and their gender and age. A doctor is likely not going to have your current blood work. They might need to to order it. They certainly don't have your um, genetic information. It's unlikely they have it. And there's whole worlds of, 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 of health information that they need. It could be influenza in your neighborhood two hours ago. It could be... Um, your genetic or epigenetic or biome information that might be relevant for this. It could be your uh, specific mental condition. It could be highly specialized medical history. You know, we just have not built a data set that enables myself to understand what I have or the physician to use that. Of course, it happens in highly specialized areas. In certain areas of oncology, such as immunotherapy, it happens. It happens probably around uh, what's called uh, multimorbidity, the ability to deal with multiple dangerous chronic conditions in places like Cleveland Clinic and Mayo Clinic. But for the vast majority of healthcare, things are like the 1950s. It's built for a different era. Mm -hmm. You're not feeling well, and you go to the doctor, and the doctor has this anamnestic conversation around your health. You complain about your head hurts or your stomach hurts or it's a rash. And, you, and the doctor is trying to prove what you have, right? The, the differential diagnosis. So in the case of a headache, tries to prove that you might have a tension headache or sinusitis or a migraine. 
based on, again, general age, medical history and symptoms, and try and rule out other, you know, dangerous or rare or sinister conditions. And that's where they might refer you to, to imaging or labs. But again, it's built for a different era. And we haven't created this learning system that learns from all of this. When you go to the doctor in that hypothetical example that I gave you, and you have a headache and the, and, you know, the doctor thinks it might be a sinus infection and, and prescribes you medicine and you have slight side effects, unless you go back to the doctor with something very specific, that doctor won't know how your treatment occurred. You might not go back to that uh, same physician. And there's no general learning. We don't learn from all this information. So at K, we took a very, very different approach. We took an approach that says we need to be able to interact with millions and billions of people, and we need to be able to build this ongoing health dialogue around your health. Again, big or small, acute or chronic, and help you understand what you might have and make it very actionable, but also learn from the data. If you have a side effect from a drug that's very, very specific, you know, we want to be able to learn about it. We like to say at K that you're probably not patient zero. You're probably not the first person in the world that experienced that specific condition for your gender and age and, and uh, medical history. Other people have experienced probably very similar conditions, yet you're different from them, right? We're all a long tail of one. The question is, how do I provide you that relevant information so you can understand what you have and learn from it and how doctors can use it to diagnose and treat? So as, as the uh, technology sits today and the people listening wondering, okay, what, well, how do I interface with this? What is it? How can people find out more about it? Is it an app? Do they, do they go to a website? So K is an app on both Google and on Apple. And it's, it's, you know, depending on the day, we rank number one or two on the app store. So we're, we're a popular app right now. We're available in the U.S., and in Israel, and we, we, we do plan to do a global expansion next year. But you can download the app right now. The app. What focus- do you search for? So you know, a lot of people are right now are on their cell phones. So K health space health or no, just K letter and health. That's all. Okay. Okay. And if you download the app, the app focuses on acute conditions right now, primary care related acute conditions. They could be also hospital conditions, of course, like appendicitis or gallbladder. The K allows you to put in your chief complaint, as I gave you as an example, is your rash. You've got a rash or back pain or, or stomach pain uh, or vertigo. And it has a very, very specific conversation taking into account your gender and age and your medical history. For example, are you a smoker or diabetic or not? And then your very, very specific uh, symptoms, both negative and positive. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, we're trying to mimic what a fantastic physician is doing and we did this based on learning from a very large and rich data set of two billion health events that we're able to license and and anonymize and extract uh, these valuable insights and so it's a jumping start to have a conversation but it's not one of these many of these symptom checkers out there on on what people call dr google that people can go and it's kind of just randomly guessing what you might have and it's not based on real data this is this is very you know specific and relevant to what you might have. Fascinating. Yeah, I, I just downloaded it, by the way. And uh, very intuitive. I like the layout. I like the layout. But, but, and, and I, would add, I would add that we're right now in 38 of U.S. states and in the coming months in all U.S. states. You can take that information 
that interaction that you had with K. And again, my, my simple example I gave earlier, you have a headache and it might be based on people like you with similar health experience, it might be sinusitis or tension headache. Um, of course, K doesn't diagnose and treat. This is not what we do. We just provide you a way to understand your potential health situation based on people like you and based on your input. But you can now press a button and summon in the healthcare system. That means you can uh, press a button and if you choose to identify yourself and, and you can now have a, a medical chat with a physician in all these states, and this includes all the major states, including Illinois, that you're, you're, you're based in, in New York and Texas and Florida and California. And again, we're in 38 states. So we're kind of, because medicine is state by state regulated, but you can have a remote text-based conversation with a physician, but it's based on the baseline information that KE collects. Of course, a physician might decide to ask additional information and they need to decide if they can establish care and diagnose and treat. But our physicians can uh, diagnose, they can prescribe, they can send you to a lab, they can send you to an, uh, refer you to an expert or to the ER, or they can, they can just do watchful waiting because that's what they think that they can do. So in that respect, we're, we're kind of, creating a very, very efficient uh, way for physicians to look at information after the consumer um, had this conversation with our, with our machine, with our AI, and then the doctor can come in if the patient chooses to and continue that conversation and, and do the diagnosis and treatment, but they can do it much faster and much more efficient. And we think we can cut the cost of primary care by 90%, 90% because we can make this process much more efficient and enable doctors to treat you remotely. That is fascinating. Folks, if you, I was just poking at the, uh, at the app. You got to check it out. I mean, there's really the easiest way to, to understand what Alan is talking about is to check it out. It's K-Health. And, you know, I was just typing in symptoms, Alan. I was like, a headache or abdominal pain. And then it gives you suggestions, which makes it really easy. And then it gives you a sample size of how many people are actually experiencing that. And then, uh, so very cool layout folks, check it out. If you get a chance. I mean, if you, if you're curious about this type of stuff, how do you improve your own health or how do you help people improve their health that are close to you? Something to, to check out. I'm going to keep poking at this. So appreciate you, uh, sharing it, Alan. And, and so on the back end of this, do you guys employ physicians or are you in physician partnerships? How does so, that work? So a bit of it is work in progress because K is a 3L company. Sure. We employ physicians in the services layer at the K primary care. Okay. And we have about 60 physicians. Some of them are freelancers. Some of them are full-time that work at that service layer. We also employ a fair amount of physicians some of them are specific domain experts. Some of them are physicians that are also data scientists in order to make sure we build our models correctly uh, based on data and, and to do a medical audit and, and to work on the product. Because fundamentally, we need, we need to do two things. We need to create a model that people can interact with, with a machine that will be highly accurate. And then we needed to uh, take that model and turn it into something that users can understand. So our model might be correct, but I need the average person anywhere in America to be able to interact and understand the question. So we don't use big medical jargon or big Latin words. If yeah. they are there, we explain what they are. Yeah. And bear in mind, we built this so you can understand what do I have? My head hurts or my stomach hurts. What do I have? What else could it be? 
So migraine and sinusitis, you know, maybe it's more than one or more of the other. Are, are there other things that, you know, I should consider? And then what are all the ways to treat it? And from my perspective, you can use it and go to the doctor outside of K and stay free. You can decide to use it on KMD just because it's easier, faster, and cheaper. But and, and to me, that you know, that's an interesting thing. If you enable people to have a relevant and trusted conversation around their health and then press a button and within a matter of minutes have a conversation with a board-certified physician. Via, via um, text, right? Like on the app. Yeah. And then get, get a pres- prescription or, or diagnosis or treatment. You know, I think that's incredibly powerful. The fact that's that we, the, the fact that especially to people that are on high deductible plans or people that aren't insured, we actually charge a lower amount than the copay, you know, to do it. So, yeah. so we can lower costs dramatically, which in turn uh, creates more access because we want everybody to be able to use it, whether for free or with, with our, our different uh, products and services. Yeah. You know, and it's a good call out, right? I mean, deductible plans are high and a lot of times it costs more through insurance than if you pay for it yourself. And if you're responsible for the first five, six, seven grand, something to think about. I know. And, and that, by the way, that's, that's, I think, 50, 60 million people because everything's been pushed to there. And the sad fact is that just people avoid care. People on a high deductible plan and the doctor says, you know, you need to buy this expensive drug or go and do an x-ray and it's a few hundred dollars and people don't have it. That's how things get more complicated right. because pre-diabetic or not diabetic, they just avoiding care is not going to abolish the disease. So, you know, from my perspective, making it really easy to do it is important. But, but even if you're, you know, an affluent person living in a big city and you do have a primary care physician, it's now 10 p.m. or you're in the middle of a busy workday. What are the chances that you're available to go to your doctor? What's the chance that your doctor's available to see you right now? This is great. I'm curious. So uh, where's the, um, how does a payment happen? So let's just say, you know, I typed in stomach ache and took me through, like, before I talk to the physician, do you ask me for my HSA card or my credit card? How does that work? So first you have to go through this, this health dialogue, which on average is 22 questions and takes three or four minutes, but it's rigorous. And it's super easy. Like I was looking through it and it gives you little maps of where the pain is. Like, I mean, exactly. well, the idea is to make it, to make sure you understand the questions, but the questions are data driven and personalized based on your answer. You know, the next question Comes would be defined based on answers. So this is artificial intelligence. This is yeah. not, um, there's no, there's no doctors behind the scenes. There's no rules. Once you get the results page, which tells you, hey, based on people like you, uh, saw 5,000 people like you, you might have a tension headache or it might be a migraine. Now, if you can decide just to look at, at different treatment options and kind of what to watch out for next, like the TLDR. So just imagine somebody's got flu-like symptoms. They want to know what to, what to watch out for, like but, you know, a low chance of developing of pneumonia or bronchitis or stuff like that. But also, you might want to consult with the doctor then and there. Of course, it's your decision. In our direct-to-consumer offering, we have about 2 million people and growing quickly that are using K just to interact with physicians then and there. What you need to do is you need to identify yourself using driver's license. You need to put in your credit card information and choose, you know, a plan that you want to. How about an HSA card? So that's something we're, we're going to be um, adding in as well. That's, a, um, that's an upcoming innovation. Yeah. But, okay. 
But we also have a right partnership that we announced in July with Anthem Blue Cross. Oh, and congratulations. Our, our, thank you. Our planning to uh, work with their 41 million members that, to enable them to get faster and better care and give them much more control around this. And, and Anthem can talk more about what they're planning to do, but I think they're pretty excited uh, because they buy into the simple view that healthcare should start always where, wherever you are. So it needs to be kind of remote and intelligent. And then if you need to be seen in person for various reasons, or you need to do a physical test, by all means, but start from wherever you are. You're not at the doctor's office when you're sick. You're at work or at home or hopefully having fun. And then you, you have a question, big or small. There's no more natural place than to start it based on a text-based conversation uh, with the smart information layer. And then, you know, you decide, I want to see a doctor. The doctor thinks I need a prescription. All good. You know, that's it, it's just completely different. I mean, what is your alternative at 10 p.m. to go to the ER? And by all means, you might, or the, some, people you know, might the, some people might need to go to the ER, but it's such a big, uh, tough decision and also very expensive. I, I think it creates, it's, it's a different way to be, you know, from a technology language routed, you know, much faster. Um, For sure. So what if, what if there's somebody and that is thinking about this from a provider standpoint, say a leader at a provider institution saying, man, I wonder if I could white glove this. Is that something you guys offer? Probably white, white label, not, not white, white, glove, white label. Sorry. So in terms of functionality, absolutely. I don't think we'll private label K. I think it's important that it's used in a way that's helpful for people. Bear in mind that in the U.S., a healthcare system is not always pro-consumer. And I want to make sure people see doctors for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. But we have many, many providers who plan to work on our service layer in KMD. And again, K is a technology company. We'll keep a team of services so we can innovate. We're adding pediatrics uh, later this year. We're going to add orthopedics. We're going to add different areas of coverage like dermatology. We're going to add the ability to manage chronic conditions. So there's many, many areas we we plan to go into. And we've already been approached with quite quite a few providers. Many of them need a solution either during office hours or after hours, right? Right. What happens doctors more and more get texts from patients, hey, I came to see you and I've got this or I've got that. They, they want a more scalable way to, to manage these things. So I have no doubt we'll be there as well. Bear in mind that when, when you press a button and decide to share your information with a physician, it's a HIPAA secure way and that information gets populated in the doctor's portal. So essentially we built this really sophisticated EMR, but it's not built for billing like all other EMRs. It's built for health. Right. It's very easy, intuitive screen for doctors to look at the information and decide what additional information they need to collect and whether they can diagnose and treat the person remotely. So again, it's, it's back to the core thesis that if you build these things from the ground up and you build them in a way that you use data and you learn from the data and you can build systems that get better over time and you try and strip costs out of the system and start from scratch, you can build systems that are both provide superior care at order of magnitude lower costs. There's not going to be a 5 or 10% cost reduction. This will be significant. Fascinating. And Alan, you know, I think about what you're doing and your team is doing there at K Health. And I'm just thinking, man, you guys are building a, a new gateway, like a new access point to health. 
Yeah, I mean, but if, if in, you, you ask me how, how things will look in five or 10 years, just imagine in the future, somebody says, you remember the good old days? You weren't feeling well, and it was now 10 p.m., and you need to decide to go to the ER, or you'd call your doctor first thing in the morning and try and get in because you're, you're feeling really bad. Maybe they saw you the next day, or maybe they didn't, and maybe they referred you then to a specialist that took weeks or even months to be there, as opposed to having your information at your fingertips and being able to very quickly, within minutes, being in front of a physician who can now manage you proactively, essentially in a 24-7 way. I mean, your health is, the, the temporal aspect of health is important. Nobody has the worst headache of their life and says, okay, let me take an Advil and go to sleep. People are nervous, people are concerned. Being unhealthy is scary, it's lonely. And going to Dr. Google, which is what most people do, is, you know, just there's a lot of irrelevant information. There's a lot of scary information. And I don't think that's a good place to diagnose you, to say the least. I think it's a very bad place to get clues about your health. It's a good place to understand what a migraine is. It's not a good place to know if you have a migraine or something else. So people constantly scare themselves, especially late at night, because they don't have access to their, they can't just call up their doctor. Even rich people in big cities don't have their doctor available at their beck and call. They more likely to have a physician and have a great healthy insurance plan. But again, you know, the ability to, to make this friction free and as low cost as possible kind of completely changes things. How many questions do you have around your health that if you had an intelligent way of understanding it, uh, you would ask. There wasn't a whole trip to the doctor and a copay and waiting and days. And, you know, if you had a, you know, a slight rash, you might want to check it out. If your ankle was hurting you, you might want to check it out then and there. I think that's what we need to be able to do. We need to get rid of these physical limitations wherever possible and just make that action as close as possible to zero. Yeah. I love this, Alan. You're obviously a, a big thinker. One of the one of the biggest obstacles that I think any company faces when trying to make these types of innovations is that is that the incentive systems are are really kind of B two B, right? Insurance company employers paying. It seems to me like you've said, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm still going to go B two C. What are your thoughts on that? I think there's many issues around the incentive system. Uh, health system are incentivized to have you to come in because they make money that way. And they incentivize to send you to do certain tests that you might not need. I think the U.S. health system is probably three or four times the price where it should be. And I think there's a lot of misdiagnosis and overtreatment at the same time. Yes. You know the saying that people who sell you luxury goods always say you get what you pay for? Mm-hmm. I don't think the U.S. healthcare system is you get what you pay for. I think we pay a lot of money. There are, of course, pockets of global excellence, the major academic institutions, the stuff that is being done on oncology, robotic surgery. But 99.5% of healthcare is not that. It's primary care, it's chronic care, it's the ability to diagnose and treat people. And that's where it's just way more expensive than other countries and just not better. People live here, uh, have shorter lifespans than, than, than places like Europe and Japan. And while it's not an apples to apples comparison, we just haven't built a superior health system that has shown results. And we have a series of issues, right? We kind of won the war on infectious diseases by and large, right? Mm-hmm. If you compare 19th century or early 20th century around you know, bacteria and viruses, 
there's a much larger chance that people die from infectious diseases in the U.S. Um, of course, there's still a risk of influenza, especially you know for certain demographics. But by and large, but we we kind of lost the war on uh, chronic conditions, in part because of lifestyle, in part because you know maybe other maybe just because we live longer. But diabetes and heart and stroke and high blood pressure and cancer are not are not shrinking. There was a fascinating uh, Wall Street Journal article about the fact that um, people took statins in the late 80s and it dropped the amount of heart attack and, and death from, from heart conditions. But now they think due to increased um, obesity and it's now and, and increased diabetes, it's going up again. They're not quite sure why. And again, these things are really complicated. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like if somebody walks down the street and has a heart attack and dies, somebody has a stroke, that is in most cases, probably avoidable. It's probably not avoidable then and there or a minute before. But there's a whole series of things you can do before. And you need to make it highly personalized and highly relevant. And this is where medicine is, is behind. It's a generation, right. two generations behind. I think in many so, cases, medicine is mid-20th century. So what do you think about that, though, like the B2C approach? I mean, you got a good business model for that? I think so. I think, though, you do need to partner with people, especially insurers. Yeah, An insurer, by the way, in the U.S. is both large companies like uh, Comcast or Verizon. That yeah, employers, insurers, yeah. So, so they self-insure above a certain size in America, and I don't know how much of your uh, listeners know, but above a few thousand uh, employees, typically companies are self-insured. Yep. Um, so they own the medical risk, and then you've got people like Anthem, Blue Cross, and, and uh, you know Cigna and others that also uh, provide insurance. I think these... Uh, companies, all of these, whether it's large employers or insurance companies, are natural allies because they try and reduce costs. Yes, you know around this. So you know people like Anthem will benefit both by offering something that is hugely beneficial to their to their member base, but also something that is cheaper. Yep. Um, there's very few things in sectors that matter that are better and cheaper at the same time, right? And you're, I mean, hell, let me just be honest. I mean, just the little couple seconds that I spent there on your app. I mean, talk about a total UI improvement or the user experience, you know, the UE experience. So easy, man. I mean, that's the whole idea. The idea yeah. is non threatening. There's a reason why we didn't put the doctor with the stethoscope there and didn't make it a, ster- a sterile and cold uh, medical uh, friendly. Sharp- we wanted to make this in color. We wanted to make it user-friendly. It was very friendly. We'll have it in pediatrics. We want kids to be able to use it together with their parents. You know, medicine can be much less scary. It's scary already, right? By, by the right, right. Sometimes you've got excruciating pain. You're scared. You're nervous. So, so, Alan, you're saying make it good enough so that if you do go B2C, that you'll be able to partner with those, with those critical partners to help you succeed. Look, I don't see, to me, B2B versus B2C is more of a business model than the product. I think the product is the same, really. Um, it might, products could be called different things, but fundamentally, we will partner with the entire value chain. We'll partner with, with large health systems. Uh, we'll partner with physicians. You know, physicians are certainly our, our, our users. If you were able to see our doctor's portal, that they see the information, you'd also be impressed by how easy it is for a physician to see it compared to other EMRs like Epic or, uh, you know, other, the other leading EMRs, we just made it much easier. Users are also, sorry, doctors are also users in addition to, to, to just, you know, patients. 
Hey, so, so that's a good question. Thing, you want to make the whole thing much easier. So, uh, yeah, I agreed. So now uh, if physicians are listening to this and uh, maybe they want to moonlight or something, offer their services in a different way, try something new. Can they visit K-Health and see how they could offer their expertise? Yeah, look, we're adding many physicians and we credential our physicians. And it needs to be for physicians that enjoy the pure aspects of diagnosis and treatment and are comfortable with doing that remotely. So the physicians that wow. use say, wow, we love it because it's That's interesting. We don't need to deal with billing. We don't need to deal with bureaucracy. We can work from the comfort of our home or our clinic, depending you know, where they are. And we can focus on treating people. One really, really important thing that we did in K is focus on continuity of care. Mm-hmm. Again, if you make it really easy, people wanted to have follow-up questions. People feel slightly better. They feel slightly worse. They come back a few times. If you go to a doctor and you get a prescription for that, you know, again, a hypothetical sinusitis thing, and you've got a question, how easy is it for you to ask a, a doctor a question? It's probably nearly impossible. You need to call in the receptionist, and hopefully somebody will be able to pass on the message to the doctor. Doctors are super busy. So being able to have one place where it's just continuity of care is, is you know, to me, um, huge. Um, it is huge. And so, so doctors are saying, wow, this is much more fun to do it. And I can focus just on what I was trained. I was trained to diagnose and treat people. And I can do it in this tech space where people are sharing, you know, their really uh, privileged health information. So I think many doctors love it. But uh, we have high standards. Uh, we only have board certified physicians. We, we have a credentialing committee. And this is run separately. This is run by physicians. It, they run separate entities. This is not run based on the business standards of key physicians decide how to diagnose and treat. So they have the full authority based on, you know, the, um, based on the state laws in the state where they practice medicine. So we're certainly hiring many more physicians and, you know, across all, all states. So, you know, we'd welcome people to approach it, to approach us at Kate. That's interesting. Hey, Alan, if you could have lunch with anybody, who would you eat lunch with? No, oh, that's a big question. So first of all, so many people. Uh, <laughs> it's not one person. I've liked people that have, have a lot of life experience and have shifted to different things. Hmm. So people like Bill and Melinda Gates to me are interesting because Bill Gates did one thing and then looked at the world very differently and probably accumulated a lot of different acumen and probably does things differently. So I think that's an example of somebody who is... Of course, super successful one thing, and then super sick and try to apply it, but in a very, very different setting with a different set of, you know, challenges. So to me, that's um, one example, you know, that springs to mind. But honestly, there's so many people, and um, I also just try and have lunch with my wife from time to time, so I can see her. Hey, man, that'll get you some kudos here. <laughs> so make sure she listens. <laughs> no, this is great, Alan. Look, we, we're, we're just about out of time here, but man, what an incredible discussion. I appreciate your passion in, in this space. Folks, the, the best way for you to actually understand is to check it out. And uh, K-Health, look for the app. Don't even go to the web. Just get the app. And uh, experience healthcare in a new way. Um, I certainly have been inspired today by, by Alan to look at things differently. And I hope you did too. So with that, Alan, I'd love if you could just leave us with the closing thought and, um, and then we could say goodbye. 
<sighs> That's a big thing. So first of all, really enjoyed the discussion, Saul, and appreciate inviting me here to, to talk about K and what we're doing. I just think that health and healthcare is going to go through big changes. It's not going to take a year or two, but in 5, 10, 15 years, you'll see genetics being used regularly at the primary care level. Even stuff like biome that's early in the discovery you know, will be used. Certainly, things like migraine and IBS and things that are, are much more complicated for medicine to understand, I think, will be much better understood. Stuff like back pain. So I think we're going to see vast changes. And I think you're going to be much more in control. But that control is going to make people feel less scared and more empowered as opposed to, I'm not sure, I don't understand medicine, I don't understand these big terms, I'm going to just rely on what the doctor. I think the minute that you can ask intelligent questions and force your physician to consider other things that makes the health system better. And I think, again, measure things in, in a matter of 10 years, you'll see a vastly diff different health system. And we're building this not just for the US, we're building it for places in Asia and Africa where there's simply not enough physicians. So this is a matter of necessity. Physicians are really you know, study for many years and highly educated, we, we want to make them as effective and efficient as possible. And we want to provide them information as well that will be, uh, make it easier for them to, to, to make decisions around diagnosis and treatment. So I think that's where we're going. It's just early days. As I, as I told you, this is something I think will take us 20 years to develop or more. But, you know, we're three years into it. We're, we're a young company and would appreciate uh, if people try the product and, and tell us. We have 2 million users. We're growing quickly, but, you know, we'd like to have more. Outstanding. Well, really appreciate your time here, Alan. And uh, folks, check them out, K-Health. And with that, uh, thanks again for spending time with us. Thank you, Saul. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 